Hello and welcome to Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Chase Williams. Alongside me tonight is a great friend of mine, Cooper Goebel. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Goebel? I'm pretty excited about being on the podcast. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Long-time listener. I mean, again, you don't have to be that long of a listener to have heard it all here. So again, third episode tonight is we're going to try to start to get more of a role on these podcast episodes now that I'm in the flow of school and hopefully get some uh, some more guests and uh, expand outside of basketball. But speaking of basketball, we are in the playoffs and with the playoffs comes the draft lottery. So to start off tonight, we want to talk about the draft lottery. And, you know, the team that got the first overall pick was the Minnesota Timberwolves. They did have the best odds are tied for it, along with the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers for the best odds to get that number one pick. But Go- Cooper Goble, who do you think? is going to go number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, I feel like with this draft, there's a probably three or four players that you could take number one. But if I honestly think if you don't take Anthony Edwards, it's a mistake here. I I agree. What, what do you like about Anthony Edwards? Well, I mean, he's obviously a great scorer. Really, my only concern with him, though, is going to a program like Georgia is he more concerned with putting up stats or is he more concerned with winning? That is a very, very good question. And I believe Anthony Edwards is in fact from the Georgia area, which um, I just went to Google him and found a, what looks to be a bowling star. So that's not quite who I meant to click on. (laughs) Um, But if you hold on just one second, it does look like in fact, he he is from he is from Atlanta, so Georgia's that hometown program. But I completely understand that concern. I think you see a little bit with Ben Simmons. I had that same concern with him when he came in. He went to a low program with LSU, and at the time LSU was pretty pretty dog shit when it came to college basketball. And I I feel like it's definitely going to be adjustment going from where he's by far the best player on the team to maybe not even the second best player. And I agree. I think the only argument is I love James Wiseman and I would love to draft him first overall, but that just, it doesn't make sense for the Timberwolves just because they have Carl Anthony Towns. And I just, I don't see any way they would do that. Now, do you see potentially the Timberwolves trading this pick? Um, Really the only, obviously with uh, D'Angelo Russell and, Carl Anthony Towns on the team with them being such close friends with Devin Booker. That's the guy everyone's going to kind of gravitate towards them trading it for. But after the Suns just went on that 8 0 run in the bubble and Devin Booker was absolutely phenomenal, there's absolutely no way the Suns would trade him, especially for the first overall pick in this draft class. Stealing the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I agree. I mean, the Suns went 8 0. In the draft, I'm mean, not in the draft, well, in the bubble, and I see no way for them to trade away their star. I think instead they're going to try to trade for a star this summer or winter or whenever the offseason is. But I think it's I, – I, I agree that also Minnesota is probably going to use this pick. I think it's more likely that they trade a, a future pick and maybe Jared Culver with – the fact that I wasn't, I was never impressed with Culver in college. I mean, he was a good college player, but I never thought he would transition to the NBA. And I haven't been impressed with him at Minnesota either. And so I, I think maybe they trade 
this year's second. I don't know if they have a later first round pick. I don't believe they do. And maybe next year's first round with Culver and try to get a second lottery pick and later in the lotto. But I agree. I think they'll ch- take Anthony Edwards for sure. And next up is a- another team that had very good odds to get a top three pick with the Golden State Warriors. Who do you think the Warriors – what What do you think the Warriors will do? Because I feel like there's more question marks about what they could do and what they will do. Well, obviously with the Warriors, you had the past – other than this uh, past – or this season we're having right now, the Warriors were on a historic just d- run of dominance. And they still have the original core with uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. And obviously this past season they also added Andrew Wiggins. But I honestly think they're just going to try and retool because Steph and Clay are both still in their uh, primes that I can honestly see the Warriors packaging this second overall pick and either Draymond Green or Andrew Wiggins to try and make for another star player. That I think I think that's what a lot of people expect them to do. Um, now, Wiseman would be a great choice at number two. Would you would you prefer them trade, or do you think it'd be better for them to trade Draymond or um, or why Andrew Wiggins, and why would that be? Well, obviously, it depends on who they could get back in the deal, but with Wiggins on such a big contract and such an inefficient just volume score, he really just doesn't have a place in the NBA right now. Obviously, he's athletic and has the tools, but we haven't really seen enough from him to. Uh, warrant that contract that the or that Minnesota gave him. So I don't know if another team will eat that contract just for this second overall pick in a weaker draft. So I think if this pick gets moved, it's going to be Draymond Green with it. I, I, I find this one tough. I mean, I kind of agree with you. Both of these players, I feel like, are overpaid right now. I mean, Draymond is a great defender. But I felt like he wasn't as good this year and definitely took a major step back. And that could be because Steph wasn't playing for most of the season. Clay didn't play at all. And, of course, he didn't have the snake himself, Kevin Durant, to help out. But I I still think it's going to be tough for them to package this deal because they'll want to package it with Andrew Wiggins, who gives some offense but very inefficient offense, or Draymond Green, who gives very little offense that isn't great but some decent defense and I I think they'll trade it, but who do you think they would target with that trade? And what do you think they should target? Even if it's not a likely guy that's going to be on the trade market this summer. Well, obviously with the Warriors, they kind of revolutionized the current state of basketball where it being positionless and a lot of deep shots. So, and they need it if they are going to trade, if in my opinion, they do trade them on, they would need, a new starting big man, either power forward or center, depending on how big they want to run. I think Kevin Love's a name to watch out for. He's a guy that obviously is a power forward type slash center type position. He can shoot the ball and he rebounds. Or championship pedigree. I think he fits in really well with this core. I, I agree with you. I definitely feel like they'll go after a big man especially if they trade away this pick plus Draymond. Yeah. Kevin Love's not a bad option. Um, and I think I, I think the Cavs would love to have the second pick and the fifth pick this year, which is likely what would happen, especially since they're good at guard and this gives them James Wiseman, who I don't know, I think's at the top of their board, but at the same time they have Andre Drummond 
and Drummond's likely to opt into his player option and stay another year. So they have no immediate need. So I think the Cavaliers maybe would be hesitant to take this. Mm-hmm. I believe a great idea is they should go to Orlando and say, we will give you Draymond Green and the second overall pick and give us Vucevic. Because Orlando right now, and for the next few years, I believe will be stuck at 7 through 10 in the Eastern Conference. Not any better, probably not any worse, which isn't going to help their future. And if they trade away Vucevic, they will suck more than they would. They can draft someone that can be their star for the future and have a good leader for that, especially if they draft Wiseman. And the other thing I could see them doing if Orlando was to make this trade, I might see them take LaMelo Ball. And speaking of LaMelo Ball, do you think there's any chance at all Golden State rolls the, rolls the dice and takes LaMelo and says, let's build for a future behind Steph because Steph has been injury prone in the past and behind Klay Thompson? Because those guys, yeah, they're only in their 30s, but you never know when people could start to die out of this league. Yeah, I feel like with Steph, and obviously him and LaMelo have very different play styles. Steph is obviously a very – I mean, he's the best shooter of all time. And with LaMelo, I see him as more of a Jason Kidd, just playmaker type uh, point. But I – if the Warriors were to take LaMelo, I think Steph would be a phenomenal mentor for him. Both him and Clay could probably help fix his shot. You would think so, because they have two of the prettiest shots I've ever seen. And yes, family's a little notorious for their janky mechanics. <laughs> I, I have to agree there. I would love to see Golden State roll the dice on LaMelo Ball, but I just don't see it happening because of the fact that A, it comes with potentially LeVar Ball, even though LeVar has been pretty silent over the past year. And also, it's just, it's not an immediate need. And I think the Warriors want to make this uh, a draft to set them up to keep on fighting for championships. I mean, they just moved into the Chase Center. Um, There's still a big highlight of the league. Like, I don't see them trying to rebuild or prepare for the future right now. I think they want to push it which means likely Lamelo ball is going to drop to number three and the hornets no one's really talked about this but the hornets are extremely lucky i mean they jumped from eighth to third they had a six percent chance to be the top pick and they they they're one of the biggest jumpers in this class and so it seems as if Lamelo is going to go to charlotte do you think that's good for Lamelo that maybe he's somewhat out of a major spot like New York, like if he went to somewhere like the Knicks, where he'd be pretty much ridicule- ridiculed from the beginning if he did not play well, or like another big area, kind of like Lonzo did, and automatically had the heat on him in Los Angeles with the Lakers? Or do you think it's going to be tough because he's, again, in a small market? Do you think that small market's going to help or hurt him, assuming that he goes to Charlotte? Well, obviously with Charlotte, you have one of the rosters on in the league with some of the worst talent, I'd say. And just trying to be fair, they, they, they don't have a lot of impact players. Obviously, in the past few years, they've gotten Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham had a great season this year. P.J. Washington's decent. But with LaMelo, in a way, uh, a small market could be great for him with him I mean, yeah, if he was in New York or L.A., that's a – LaMelo is already a huge name. He's been a huge name since he was a freshman in high school. 
being in a small market like this could help him a whole bunch, but I could also see him absolutely hating living in Charlotte. I can tell you, um, I live pretty close to Charlotte right now. Charlotte's a great city, though. Um, he may indeed hate it. I want to ask now, like the top three, we've kind of talked, like I think a lot of people think it's going to go Edwards, Wiseman, Ball. Mm-hmm. But some draft boards say Obi Topman, Obi Toppin, excuse me, deserves to be a top three pick. Do you see any three of those teams risking and going for Toppin at all? I think, or I think at one, Edwards is a lock. Depend if the Warriors stick with two and don't trade it. I think Wiseman's going there, pretty much for sure. I would think, and then for Charlotte, if Lamelo's there, you'd think they have to take him. So I don't see Obi sneaking into that top three. You know, I I could see him going three. I think Charlotte is going to take. Lamelo, but they do have Terry Rozier, which I expect to be on the trade market this year, and I expect to, them not to get much of anything back for him, if anything. Um, and they have Devontae Graham, so I could see them try and go for someone like Toppin and say, you know what, we have some guards, let's try to build down low a little bit, but I agree. I think Ball is definitely the clear choice at number three, and I, I mean, if I'm Charlotte, I'm definitely tr- drafting Lamelo Ball. Now, who do you think after these top three that we felt are pretty solid that the Bulls, Cavs, Hawks, kind of like where are those players, where are those teams going to like try to go after? Because after the top three players, I think we have a lot of question marks on who's the fourth best prospect still. Yeah, 100%. I think with number four being where the Bulls are at, they don't need uh, power forward. They've got Laurie Markkinen. Wendell Carter's he's a center, but he is slightly under. Um, they got Thaddeus Young. They've got a, I mean, the Bulls already said or stated that they would take the top player available, but I don't think that's Obi Toppin. So I don't think he. Would. I think they'd be more likely to target uh, Denny Advija or however you say his name, the man from Israel. Yes. 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 I, I agree, and we are going to talk about the Bulls a little bit later, so I'm going to switch past the Bulls, and I want to move down towards the end of the lottery. I want to go, when you look at 10 through 14, you have the Suns, then the Spurs, then the Kings, then the Pelicans, which are all teams that came into the bubble fighting for that Western Conference playoff spot. What do you think... Not necessarily a, a specific prospect. I mean, you could throw a prospect in there, but what do each of those four teams need to do to really boost their potential to make the playoffs next year? Well, if we just focus in here at 10 real fast, obviously with the Suns having just went on that real run, I think they've got a – obviously they have Devin Booker, a great player. But I think with DeAndre and they've got a great young big man. So I, I could see them going small forward or – Maybe point guard here. Just get a facilitator to put next to Booker. I I agree with that. You know, I think Ricky Rubio fit well for them this year. So I definitely expect them to go more small forward, power forward, whether that's Isaac Okoro, Precious Achua. But I also think if Tyrese Halberton from Iowa State or Killian Hayes from France are still there, that's going to be tough for them to say no to. Yeah. I think they're definitely going to look forward first, 
but it would be so hard for them not to take one of those two point guards that I think has such good upside uh, potential for them. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you know, next we have the Spurs, and the Spurs are in a weird position, similar to what I would say, like, the Magic are out east. Who do you think what, – what do the Spurs need to do to start building for the future? Well, obviously with the Spurs having missed the playoffs for the first time in 20 or – or yeah, like 20, 22 years or something. 22 years, longer yeah. than we've been alive. Absolutely. I, I think the Spurs got to blow it up. Get, rid, get DeRozan out of there. Um, get uh, – what's their four's name? Oh, Lamarcus. Lamarcus Aldridge. Get him out of there. They don't have much on the market, but try and get some mid to late lottery picks and pick the best player available that's on the board. I, I somewhat agree with the idea of blowing up. I think they should trade this pick around along with Lamarcus Aldridge and try to get picks for the future. Not even like a superstar, just go for the future mm-hmm. and hope they can get the number one pick next year. I think they. I think there's nothing they can do this offseason to really f- fix themselves. So I would say definitely that they need to prepare for the future. They need to tank. And that's something that's going to be so weird to watch the San Antonio Spurs do. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I go into our next segment now. I mean, we're both from Illinois. You maybe, maybe are just a little bit of a Chicago Bulls fan. <laughs> and it's looking like for the first time in a while that the Bulls maybe know what they're doing. So I'm curious what you think the Bulls should do in this draft, what they should do with their coach, and long-term ideas for how to build the Bulls into a contender out east. Well, with starting off with the draft pick, uh, I with them at four, that's such a tough spot because I don't – I mean, I think the top three players are pretty clear that we both agree with Edwards, Ball, and Wiseman. But four, it's just kind of a tough slot. My favorite for the, or favorite option for them is still Denny out of Israel just because they obviously need a small forward. Uh, they got Kobe last year. Zach Levine's looking like an all-star level player. Laurie Markin at power forward and – Wendell Carter at center. So they need a small forward to back either back up or take over for Otto Porter Jr. Since he can never stay healthy. I agree with that. I, I kind of forgot even Otto Porter Jr. Was in fact on the bulls. I do like him. He's just overpaid and obviously cannot stay healthy. I agree. The small forward from um, Israel and Denny (laughs) Avidia, I believe is probably the best choice for them, but Let's say in a rare case, somehow Edwards Ball or Wiseman falls to number four. I think they should scoop him up, even though they do have Colby White. So if it's Lamelo, I still think they should take Lamelo. Or if it's Wiseman, even though they do have a good kind of front court with Wendell Carter and Laurie Markinen, I still think it's just tough because I think those three talents are guaranteed to be good players in the NBA. And after that, I'm very questionable. I think you're going to see them look at the guy from Israel very, very closely. Obi Toppin, I think, will be looked at pretty closely. I think Isaac Okoro will also be looked at. And I think Isaac Okoro maybe is going to be the type of guy that Chicago ends up taking. I don't. I would put him second on their board behind the man, the myth, the legend from Israel. 
but I I think he will definitely get some traction in that Chicago front office. And maybe Obi Toppin, in, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong. I'm going to check. But I believe he's a little bit of an undersized small forward. I mean, he's I mean un- undersized power forward. Excuse me. He's 6'9", so he's a little bit taller than I thought. But I could definitely see them drafting him and trying to work him off the bench and then move him into potentially a starting small forward role. But I think that would be a reach. I definitely think uh, Danny and then also Isaac Okoro are the best choices for them. Now, I think the biggest problem with the Bulls organization, I think we'll all agree with it, is some guy named Jim Boylan. And I was hoping to get this podcast out before they fired Boylan, but they did. They let him go. So happy for Chicago Bulls fans, even though I am not a Bulls fan myself. But who do you think they should look to to replace Jim Boylan? I mean, I've been saying it since uh, Brooklyn fired him, but Kenny, or yeah, or since the day Brooklyn fired Kenny Atkinson, that's been the name I've been saying that the Bulls need to get because he did such a good job with Brooklyn last year. They had such a great culture. Everyone's seen the videos of them on the dancing on the sidelines. Just because just because you dance on the sideline doesn't mean you're a good basketball team. But if you look at the roster, he certainly coached them to an overachieving record. When he was the coach, they were able to sign Durant and Irving. Players seemed to like him, and he was a great coach for him. That's my top option for the Bulls. I think that's a pretty good pick, especially because I would say Zach Levine is in a very similar situation to where D'Angelo Russell was when he went to Brooklyn and when he broke out to become that all-star last in that last season he was with Brooklyn with. And I think that would help Zach Levine take that next step. And I think that's a crucial thing. This year, I think Zach Levine, regardless of the coach, needs to have an all-star season. And if not, then the Bulls maybe need to look to trade him because he's a big – he. I mean, he's a big contract and he's a good player. But I don't think if you look at Zach Levine as your best player that you're ever going to be anywhere contending in the East with – how he plays right now. But Kenny Atkinson, I think, is a great pick. I'd love to see them go after Ty Lue, even though it sounds like Ty Lue's going to end up in Philadelphia, even though we're less than 12 hours since Philly's had a coaching vacancy. And, you know, <laughs> honestly, like, Brett, ba- Brett Brown did build the Sixers into something good. I think they may look at Brett Brown. I mean, someone is definitely going to regret hiring someone like a Jim Boylan over a Brett Brown in five years. But I don't know that it'll happen because I feel like everyone just hates Brett Brown right now. Yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely – if the Bulls hadn't changed their front office, I think Brett Brown would already have a contract offered to him right now. oh boy that i agree with that i think there's definitely some hesitance there with hiring brett brown based off what happens in the bubble with the sixers and how everything fell apart i mean they thought they had the top three team in the east this year i mean and they ended up in the sixth seed and getting swept by the celtics but i i I still i like i think it's gonna be i think he's gonna end up being an assistant coach somewhere but I think Chicago is the type of team that will look at him based on how he brought the Sixers after years of misery into at least a contending playoff spot. And I think it's not a terrible decision, but I don't, I, 
I could see Kenny Atkinson. I also feel like the Bulls are in a place where maybe they pull the classic interview one of the ex-coaches like Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy or Stan Van Gundy that's now an announcer and see if that's the pick for them. Now I want to transition kind of to um, what you think that the Bulls should do long-term. Maybe not this offseason, not with this draft pick, not with who they're going to coach, but like who are they going to bring in to help build that culture and then maybe in the next few off-seasons focus to get a star? Well, obviously, Bulls at the beginning of the 2010s had Derrick Rose, and it seemed like they were going to be a great up-and-coming team for the next decade or so. And with Derrick's uh, injuries, that all fell apart pretty quickly, and the Bulls became probably one of the biggest laughing stocks of an organization in India. <laughs> Uh, this off season or this, uh, I guess during the season, I think they made a great first step in hiring uh, Arturis Karnaspal or how the man from Denver to be the head of basketball operations. I think I, that was I, a great step. I think that I agree. I just I think that was the best decision they could have made in that for them for their future. And then. I, I liked I, – I, I mean, I think that's about the best thing that they've done in years now. So I think that's a great first step for them. After this, I'd say they've just got to kind of build the cultural – or cu- culture of the team back up to a respectable organization. Because even with the new hires and everything, if they do get whoever uh, everyone would view as the uh, top coaching hire – no free agent wants to sign here. Anthony Davis is from Chicago, is a free agent this offseason. He's not signing in Chicago, even if he was or wasn't on the Lakers. Like, there's just no respect for the organization in the NBA right now. I agree. I also feel like the Bulls, if you look at it, like, they, they still do have Thaddeus Young, correct? Yes. They have Thad Young. They have Otto Porter Jr. These are guys that are, quote-unquote, veterans now, even though I feel like Otto has done nothing but be a pain in the butt to most of the organizations he's been on. But he's still, he's a knockdown shooter. And I think they have a decent amount of role players that have experience that's similar to the Miami Heat, for example, that right now that started Kendrick Nunn most of this season, played a ton of Duncan Robinson, which just a few years ago was playing D3 Williams College. And also played a lot of Tyler here, three rookies. And then you saw... Off the bench, they had Kelly Olynyk. They have Myers Leonard. They have Goran Dragic. They have all these great players that have experience. I think the Bulls are going to do something similar. And then you saw it finally work for the Heat where they got Jimmy Butler this past summer. I think Chicago's in a similar situation. They just don't have as strong as a front office that Miami has and as strong as a coaching staff and likely won't after this season either. Yeah, I think the what the Miami Heat did is about the perfect blueprint. Obviously, the way leading into both teams' rebuild was pretty much the opposite. The Heat obviously had the big big three with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. And the Bulls uh, looked like they were going to have a great team and fell off due to injury. But the way the Heat – I mean, I believe uh, Miami's coach is probably top three in the NBA. Just doesn't get the respect he deserves. Top five at worst. I, that's how I say it. Exactly. So, like, you get a co- you get a guy like that. 
um, can keep him with the organization for a while, get a bunch of guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero that weren't necessarily uh, top. I mean, Tyler Hero was a lottery pick, but not top five in the draft, stuff like that. You build, yeah, up- and he was a questionable lottery pick to some as well. Exactly. You just build the lot, or you build your team up with that, and then you get a final piece like Jimmy Butler or whoever to really just put the chip on top and be a top five team in the East. I agree. I think I think this is such a crucial season for the Bulls in sixty five days. Depending on who they draft, depending on who they um, sign as a coach, they could either really prepare themselves well for the future, or they can stay in the limbo they're at. But to end today's episode, I want to I want you to spotlight a player, a team, anywhere in the world of sports. Doesn't have to be basketball, even though there's been a lot of basketball. I feel like basketball is truly the spotlight of what's going on right now. But who who comes to your mind when I say spotlight player right now? Honestly, first name that comes to mind has to be Luka Doncic. The stuff he has done against the Clippers this series has just been completely out of this world. I agree. I think Luka's such, like, last episode I talked about Devin Booker, and this was just a few games before the playoffs. And Luka's doing a similar thing. He's really just rising to the occasion, and uh, they're going up against a tough Clippers team. And uh, Luca's just playing so well right now. He deserves so much respect, and he's getting that respect. But I still feel like he deserves more respect, if that makes sense. Yeah. Ironically, my player is on the opposite end. And really, it's not a good spotlight, but more of a bad spotlight. I'm going Paul George. Kawhi Leonard pretty much handpicked Paul George to come to the Clippers and be that running mate to go up against LeBron James, to go up against Anthony Davis. And he said, I choose you. I think you're great. And if you think about it, it makes so much sense. Paul George is a great two-way player. He's pretty much a certified bucket. I mean, even during the beginning of the bubble, the man was just pouring in buckets. His shot is so pretty. He's a great defender, even though we've seen since the bubble that, I mean, (laughs) Devin Booker had that insane game winner. He looked last year to Damian Lillard. He's definitely been on the wrong side of some game winners, and that's not going to take away, at least in my opinion, that he's a great defender. I still think he is. But those offensive struggles this series, I mean, the first game he did have 27 points, but he shot 10 of 22 and 4 of 11 from 3. And I just I expect more from him. Or the second game, 14 points, 4 of 17 shooting, including 2 of 10 from 3. Then 11 points, 3 of 16, 1 of 8 from 3. Nine points, three or 14, one from seven from three. This man needs to step up. I remember watching him go up against the big three heat because, you know, I had every game on. I was not a second behind watching that big three play. And he really brought a Pacers team that everyone sucked as soon as they left Indiana besides Paul George. I mean, Roy Hibbert was not the same. David West was not the same. Part of that's age, but part of that was because they were playing better in the program they were. And he brought that team to go to Game 7 and honestly be one of the toughest competitors LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Walsh had to face together. And I just don't see that same intensity. I think, I think there's too much going to his head right now. And he's reminded me of some other players that just let things bother them, like maybe Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant goes out and performs. And then talks this shit and comes back against players. And we're not seeing that with Paul George. He's really, really struggling. And maybe that's because of injuries. 
maybe that's because of something else, but I compare it to, for example, game four of the Heat Pacers series just ended, and Jimmy Butler got hurt in the first quarter, but he went out there, he still competed, and instead of shooting three of seven, three of 16 or four of 17, Jimmy Butler shot, I think, I think three of eight was his final shots. He, he didn't even have 10 points, but he wasn't taking those shots. He was doing what he needed to be. And I think Paul George needs to step up where we're not going to see that Clippers-Lakers Western Conference Finals. And that would be extremely disappointing to you, to me, and to pretty much everyone else that wants to see the Battle of L.A. happen in Orlando for the Western Conference crown. I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's You've been a great guest, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Everyone else, have a great night. We'll see you on episode four of Cut to the Chase.